Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, we're doing a series on J. John um, uh, on the Ten Commandments, and we're working backwards, uh, and uh, we're, we're now tackling number eight on this countdown, and it's uh, the, the, par- uh, the parable, the, um, the commandment, do not steal. Um, and, and it's as short and as precise as that, do not steal. Unlike other parables... Uh, should have eaten one of them conquers. Unlike other <laughs> commandments, it, it explains a bit more about it. Um, but this is quite precise, uh, and it's do not steal, period. That's it. Um, and if it, it, it's in line with the other... It's in line with the other parables uh, on the second slate, which refer to stealing, either stealing someone's good name, stealing someone's spouse coveting their possessions, and the other one I've completely forgot, but basically it all relates to stealing. And, and J. John has done a, a, far, a fabulous uh, series on this, and I feel a little bit convicted because um, I'm actually stealing his... his <laughs> but, but I haven't... No, I've avoided his jokes because I'm not a man to, to make light and fun and humour, so... I've avoided that, and I've really put the Pete Motter said stance on it, so I hope you don't mind, and I'm not going to stick to script, so I do apologise for that. And so, first of all, I want to do a clarification, uh, clarification for you about the Ten Commandments. We are saved with faith in Jesus not, and this might upset people, not on the obedience of the Ten Commandments. Our faith, our, 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 uh, our, our, our justifi- justification and redemption has come through Jesus, not through obedience to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments was given to us uh, as a sort of a guide, as a sort of a blueprint, we, we, will never, we were never expected to be able to comply with the Ten Commandments. That might sound difficult, but it's true. We are saved. And to prove it, it's written in, in, the, in the Scriptures, in Galatians. It's written, Know that a person is not, notice, not justified by the works of the law, which is the Ten Commandments, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because, the, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So justified is putting right with God and, and someone explained it, justified just as if I'd never sinned. You are perfect in, Christ, in God's eyes. And we're justified through the blood of Jesus, not by the works of the law. We are saved by grace. That's what we're saved for. Commandments are very good for giving good guidance and counsel, rules for, for good living with neighbours and for, for putting God in the right place but as in our lives. But for us, um, justification comes through Christ. That is very important. Um, and it all fits in nicely to our theme of loving communities and by loving one another so that, we will be, that, that people will know 
that we are, we are Christian. Right, so going on to the theme uh, of, the, of the talk, it's, uh, J. John's called it Prosper with a Clear Conscience. And there's two aspects uh, to that. First of all, God wants us to prosper. And that, again, for some Christians, may sound a bit, ooh, don't like the prosperity gospel, as they call it. No, but God, in his word, wants you to prosper. Um, and also, he wants you to prosper with a clear conscience. You have no guilt there. It's, it's done through his, uh, through, through, through his word. And in Jeremiah, uh, one of my favourite verses For I know, this is the Lord talking, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The Lord's making a declaration. I know the plans I've got for you. Put yourself, make this sound as God speaking to you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's what God's plan is to us. That's what God's will is to us, for us to prosper. And prosper... Uh, is, is in, in my book, is success, it's flourishing, it's growth, it's health, it's well-being, it's doing well. That's what I believe that the gospel of Christ is all about. Um, and, and as I say, Christians tend to struggle with this as if we shouldn't be prosperous, as if we shouldn't be successful, if we shouldn't have all these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you. Put your Put your focus on Jesus first. Everything else will come. And that works, believe me, it does work. God wants you to prosper. He's a heavenly father that wants to give his children good things. And do do not steal is a law which is saying, is a commandment which is saying, I don't want stealing because I am your provider. I don't want you stealing because I'm your provider. I want, I, I, want, I want you to understand and believe that I am the one who supplies all your needs. All. Three letters there. Covering everything. All your needs. And the truth of the matter is that if we steal, we're almost robbing God of his glory to be, his, to be our provider. We go our own way. We think we can do better. We think, well, if we don't do it, if we don't look after ourselves, uh, it won't happen. False. That is a lie. The, the truth is that God is our provider. So, God wants us to, to prosper with a clear conscience. And a clear conscience to me is not having guilt. It's not having that, that heaviness of something that, You've got this prosper, prosperity through some illegal, fraudulent activity or telling lies or robbing somebody or doing something corrupt. No, God wants you to have a clear conscience. Dealing, we want to be, God wants us to deal with each other with his honest scales and measures. We want to be doing our business with people using God's standards, his, his scales, his balances, not our own, not our own corrupted ones, not our own ones that are slight bias this way. And it's so easily done. Yeah, I could, you know, claim this or do this or they won't miss that or, well, it's small value. No, be honest. And, and I'm speaking to myself here because Pete Motter said he has a bit of a, 
a bit of a, a bit of a past where you know we used to claim mileage and used to round it off and things like that, and it's, it's wrong. Stealing uh, from others and uh, and not is it stealing from others and not giving God the 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 glory is is living by hypocrit- is a hypocritical hypocritical life. It's dual standards. So hold fast unto God's word. And God promises us that, uh, and Paul reminds us in, in Philippians, he said, all my, and my God will, will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So all our riches come through Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Life comes through Jesus. So through the commandment of do not steal, um, God is saying, to, well, I believe he's saying, let me provide for you. I want you to trust wholly unto me. I want you to trust me into to giving your provision. Rest in me. And that's a wonderful word, a rest. Resting in the confidence that, the, that God is, has got your interest at heart. He wants to do good things for you. And be contented in Christ. Be contented. No need to steal. There's no need to steal. Trust him. Trust his word. Trust him. Trust Jesus. And, and by, by demonstrating, the, uh, uh, that by, by, by demonstrating not having that sort of conscience, we're, we're demonstrating a lack of confidence in, in our God and his word, which it's really really scares me in a way. I, I was challenged by a, a piece of scripture, which is almost another sermon, so I won't go. It's that one uh, in, in Malachi where it says, uh, will a man rob God? And God's saying, you, you know, you rob me. And they say, well, how do we rob you? And he said, by your, by your, by your tithes and offerings. And, and that really struck home to me. And I made a conscious decision uh, some years ago about where I can, where I possibly can in, in giving God what he wants. My life has changed completely. It has made, it, I don't know how to explain it. I, it, it, things have opened. I think you receive that blessing by, by not robbing God. So have that into, into, your, into your prayer. Bring it in and saying, show me, Father, where, where we're defrauding you, where we're robbing you, where we're stealing from you. And, and allow the Holy Spirit to address that. We're robbing God of his glory. Uh, and, and, and you could say, well, it also, it's all down to worship. Um, we, we, we bring glory to God by our worship. Now, I, I think of worship slightly differently. Worship to me is three, is three elements. Basically, it's praise, it's, it's, uh, it's thanksgiving, and it's worship. Now, praise is praising God for his greatness, um, and sorry for doing this because this, this is the way I think, you know. Uh, and then, so you're praising God for His, his greatness, and 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 thanksgiving is praising is giving thanks to God for His goodness to you. It's more of an individual, and worship is worshiping His holiness. That's probably the hardest one because we can associate praise and goodness and greatness. We can associate that in a human standard, 
But holiness is something that's purely God. It's something very difficult for us to, to comprehend. And holiness is, is, uh, is, is, is sort of depicted by our postures, our attitudes, uh, our bowing, our, our, sort of, our sort of reverence to, to, to God. To our, to, so let's not rob him of his spiritual... Um, our spiritual sacrifices, and in in Paul, in, sorry, in Paul's letter to the Romans, he's 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 he, he sort of telling us, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing, to, <clears throat> pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So give God the praise, give God the thanks, and be and 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 have it in an attitude of holiness. Robbing God of His worship and glory is rebellion. <coughs> There was a, and, and if you want to make God really angry, uh, then, then steal. Um, there's an example in Joshua's life who, who I, I love the book of Joshua because it's a, it's a roadmap to um, spiritual uh, journey. Um, it's a physical taking of the promised land. Um, and I always think of that as in our, in our days with G- Joshua led the people into the, God's promised land. And Jesus, who's a derivative name of Joshua, leads us into the land of God's promises. So it, it, it's, it's what I love about the Joshua uh, story. So I can sort of see that as a practical um, picture, a, a parable, if you like, as, as a spiritual side. And Joshua was told by God that they're going to take Jericho, which seemed an impossible fortress to take, but they believed that God for his word. And he told them that, um, uh, that he didn't want anybody... Uh, to take anything. He said, everything in Jericho's mine and it's, uh, it's to be devoted to him. And warned his warriors to keep away from uh, devoted things. Um, of course, w- one person decides he, he better look after himself and he stole some, uh, uh, some, some, I think it was materials and jewels and things and buried them in his tent. And because of that action... Um, Joshua and the Israelites suffered a heavy defeat to a smaller city which uh, they should have taken quite easily. So it, it robs them of their favour with God. So it lets not, God's really angry and he punishes this, 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 this sin of, of, uh, of dishonesty, of stealing. And, and, and they had to put that right and they went on for, for success. And now we come across young Zacharias, uh, who was a tax collector, a chief tax collector. He was very, very popular, not in, in his town. Uh, he must have been hated by everyone. And he, he was extremely wealthy, but obviously he didn't have, have, have that sort of happiness, that joy. Um, and, he, and despite all his faults, he, uh, his greed, his stealing, uh, Jesus wanted to have communion with him. He wanted to have fellowship with Zacchaeus. Um, and, and he invites him, uh, uh, sorry, he, he, he asked Zacchaeus that he wants to go to his house and they would eat together and, they, and that would be a sign of acceptance, agreement, uh, approval, uh, a closeness and in, uh, uh, intimacy. And, and, and Zacchaeus became a different man. And, and what was occurred to me it was, uh, this was quite early this morning. I was thinking of the, I was going through, I do plan these sermons. You, you, and I was, I was thinking of a tree. Um, and a tree to me bears fruit. And it's either good fruit, 
as we've demonstrated with conkers, because if you ate them, it wouldn't be good. And there's, uh, and there's good fruit that comes from trees. Uh, and it's funny that Zacchaeus was up in a tree, which you normally pick, well, you know, and, and Jesus picked him a bad fruit and made it into a good fruit. Does that, is that, a, is that a wow? No? I, I thought it was, anyway. I, I, I love that. He picked that from a tree, is it? Picked, picked a man from a tree uh, and turned him into good. So Jesus' love is real here. It's not just a talk, talk, talk. It's walking the, walk the talk. It's putting it into action. It's challenging. It's, it's, it's putting, the, putting, the, putting it right. Jesus' love is real. It's not a theory. It's not a, it, is, it is love for, for the sinner. And he designs, his desire is to change us, turn, turn that, turn for us to turn from sin and turn to him. J. John in his, I will quote this, J. John in his, uh, in his sermon on this says, um, he loves, Jesus loves us to change, not beat us into change. Jesus, with his love, wants to draw us in. That's the difference between the law and grace, is that love. Uh, and, and I can imagine the conversation, um, this is <laughs> the conversation with Mr. Zacchaeus and Jesus, uh, and, and Jesus saying to him, well, Zacchaeus, can you tell me about your job? What do you do? And, and on the side, um, I had a similar conversation with a, a, someone in the church, and I won't discuss, because um, I normally keep my private side uh, work-wise quite, there's not many people know what I do. And this person asked me, and from a little conversation, what do you do, has resulted in an amazing God thing. It's, do you know those dominoes? You just tap, and they, and they spread out, and the ripples of it go on and on and on. This conversation is almost leading into this, where it's going to have ripples. Uh, and when, we, when it's all sorted and, and it comes to fruition, we, I will share that with you, or we will share it with you, with permissions, obviously. But that is, an, that is a God thing, definitely a God thing, and, and, and it really needs celebrating and rejoicing and thanking for. So Zacchaeus pours out his guilt, his rejection, and all the pain, and the fact that he's been held prisoner by this, and, and he's been robbed of his joy. And meeting Jesus changes everything. He creates a new man. And, he, and, he t- and not only talked the life, he changed his life. And when we've got this guilt, uh, um, and we've got four options, really, what to do with it. We can deny it. We can say it doesn't exist, lie about it. We can deflect it. We can say, uh, we can blame someone else. Oh, it wasn't my fault. I had to do that. But... Or we can drown it. We can drown it with drink. We can drown it with excess food, drugs, high life or whatever it is, we can ignore it in that respect. Or as J. John said, which I thought was rather clever, was that we can dissolve it. We can dissolve it in the precious blood of Jesus that was spilt at Calvary. Jesus has the solution for your guilt. The main weapon that Satan has against us is, his, is, is, is the guilt he holds you. Satan is day and night, is... is going to God trying to convict you. That's why mostly at night it comes to you. 
Satan is, is, is constantly wanting to make you feel guilty. If you're guilty, you're almost paralysed. You're ineffective. You need to get rid of that guilt. You need to dispose of it. Jesus tells us that Satan came, uh, Satan's job in this world is to steal, to kill and destroy. And that's, we see that, we've seen that in our church. He's stealing, he's robbing us of our peace, he's robbing us of our joy. He's killing us, he's destroying us. We need to fight back, we need to push that back. We, Satan has got no right, he's a liar. And we need to recognise that and we need to put our faith into Jesus' word, into what Jesus has taught us. Is guilt stealing your joy today? Is Satan got something old of you that's just corroding away into your life? Are the wrongs that you've done or the hurts you've caused or, or others that have hurt you, you're carrying these wounds and this guilt and bitterness are you being robbed of your joy? Can the, can, God can take away that pain, those tears of yesterday, and transform you into the miracles for tomorrow. He can take you, turn you, and put you on another route. God only can do that. We can't do that ourselves. He can restore you in abundance what has been stolen from you, what has been lost. It can cause all things Even the painful events of your past can be worked together to bring good. That's from Romans. If you put your faith in Jesus, God has forgiven you. He has forgiven all your sin. And that happened 2,000 years ago. And your sin has been forgiven if you've turned to Christ. It is gone. It is remembered no more. All your sins have been forgiven. He has completely forgiven you and he's declared in the scripture, your sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. God hasn't got a bad memory. He's, he's made a decision to remember them no more. Gone, finished, deleted, gone. Unretrievable. That's what the power of Jesus' blood uh, has done. And if you haven't experienced Jesus in your life, maybe today would be the day to do that. Maybe the day to bring before him some kind of guilt that you've been carrying, something that's burning away into your soul. Encountering Jesus liberates it, sort of, uh, and we can experience forgiveness and cleansing, just like Zacchaeus did. Chief tax collector, was turned and he gave away his, 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 his things that he stole. We're not able to deal with it in our own strength, only through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, how do we, how, so if you're imprisoned with guilt, the Bible tells us that true repentance results in full restitution, 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 deliverance. Zacchaeus demonstrated a true repentance. He said, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. That's, that's the fruit of repentance of, of guilt. 
and, and really, and really, I really want to finish with just one scripture, which, um, which is, the Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favour with him. If we use God's scales in our dealings, in our relationships, we find favour with him. And I want to claim that favour for us today, those who accept that and confess it. And I'm really like to proclaim over here today that, as Jesus did in Zacchaeus' house, today salvation has come to this house for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost.